0: it's that time of the week again it's time for chit chat across the pond this is episode number 673 for february 26 2021 and i'm your host allison sheridan this week our guest is Lindsay Tondi Lindsay is a senior manager in quality assurance working at a pharmaceutical company that just happens to be working on covid vaccines and therapeutics but as much as you might want to hear about that that's not what we're here about to talk here to talk about I've asked Lindsay to come on the show because she and I have been having some really interesting conversations about what the future of work might look like with more people working from home. Our experiences and our perspectives are vastly different, so I think it'll be kind of an interesting conversation. At least we think it's interesting. I should also let you know that Lindsay just happens to be my daughter. Welcome to the show, Lindsay. Thanks,
1: Mom. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) I've never had anybody (laughs) answer. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) Thanks, Mom. Uh, Lindsay is a frequent member of the live show. She's known as Lindsay, the daughter, in case anybody forgets. So uh, she's, a, she's a long time no castaway as well, right?
1: Yep. I, I love the community. It's so much fun.
0: Yeah, it really is. Well, so the, the reason Lindsay and I kind of started talking about this is a while ago, Twitter declared, okay, from now on, everybody works from home forever. Working in the office is just over for the company Twitter. And then just recently, Salesforce announced that they're going to kind of a three-tiered system for the future. People will get to choose always work from home, flex, which is like two to three days in the office, and always work from the office. Now, some people's jobs would require that they always work in the office, like somebody who works in maintenance or supporting the facilities, but people will have that choice. And that starts opening up all kinds of interesting questions about what work would be like. And I said to Lindsay that this is going to be awesome when everybody works from home. It's going to be fabulous because there's fewer cars on the road. cars on the road, there's less traffic, less pollution. office buildings might no longer be required, reduce costs for business. People gain hours of their day and their life back not commuting. And Lindsay went, "Well, wait a minute, I don't like this." which really, really <laughs> surprised me. So we should probably back up a little bit and let you start from um your, your background as far as how long you've been working and what kind of place you work in, we're not going to talk about specifics about the company, but what the atmosphere is like there, right?
1: Yeah. So I work at a pharmaceutical company and I have pretty much my entire working, definitely my entire working career. I've worked there for about 13 years and, um, the company I work for has always been great fun, really good work-life balance. Um, A lot of events and for the employees that they, that shows they really care about them. And um, so when COVID hit, it changed everything as it did for everybody's lives. Uh, And I was in sort of a unique situation because I was having a baby right when lockdown started. Um, So I had to I saw the very beginnings of what COVID looked like at my work, where people were starting to distance and, and starting to wash their hands more. But then um, I came back from maternity leave and it was an entirely different world. It was pretty shocking to the system at first. Um,
0: so everything but, you looked forward to at work was basically gone, right? Because exactly. you're just. Exactly. You described just simple things like going to get coffee in the cafeteria, or not the cafeteria, but the, the lunchroom.
1: Yeah, that was that was one of the most shocking things, I think, when I come back. I like my coffee at a scalding hot temperature, as you do, so I'm constantly heating it up in the microwave. But in, in order to do that, I had to walk through the specific entrance door. There are two doors. was a different door that I have to walk through now. I have to um, clean off the, the microwave before I press the buttons. I have to clean it afterward. I have to wash my hands after I do all of this and then leave out of a different door making sure this whole time that there's no more than five people in this room at the same time. Um, so it, so that was one little thing that everything but that's the, changed.
0: That's the literal water cooler, right? That's where you, exactly. you talk to people, you catch up, you, you make human connections, but you also make work connections like, oh, Sally, you know, we were looking at this thing and we, we needed to get your advice on it. Right. Those chance mm-hmm. encounters that cause more work to get done and the personal connections. And that was just basically erased while you were out for nine months.
1: Right. Exactly. It was certainly a different atmosphere um, going in there. Not, And if you did see someone, it was like, hi, bye. Let's get out of here as quickly as possible. So we <laughs> don't away, have that away. encounter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, so that certainly got to have been a a shock. So now, um, how has your company adjusted? I mean, over time, it became people working from home, right? Does everybody work from home? Does nobody? How does it work? So at
1: our company, we kind of have, um, similar to what you've described, sort of a tiered flex system. Um, At first, it depended on the job function. So people who could work from home, worked 100% from home. Um, And then other jobs like my job was a sort of a flex system where everybody in our group has to be on site for a certain amount of time based on the functions that need to be done in the office. Um, yeah, you've so got for certain example,
0: requirements like physical signing of physical documents. Like you can't you can't right. fax it in, you can't email in your signature. You have to have the physical paper in front of you to sign to approve things. Right? Exactly.
1: Yeah, since we're under some strict FDA regulations, there's certain items that have to have wet signatures on them. So you have to physically be in the office. But not 100% of our job is doing those wet signatures. So my group, um, personally, we work two days, two days or three days in the office. And for me, that's been, that's been amazing. I'm I'm getting the the real hands-on work done when I'm in the office. And then I'm finding when I'm at home, I can work on the bigger projects that take a lot of focused attention. And I don't have anybody coming in to bother me. So, so I feel like I'm one of the few people where this has been perfect.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, but you wouldn't like work from home all the time because then you have no human interaction. I mean, your dog Dodger is pretty entertaining and he talks a lot, but he, you know, from a, from a, you know, intellectual conversation standpoint, not so much.
1: Yeah, I have found that the days I'm at home, I'm a lot more lonely. Even when I'm on multiple Zoom calls a day, it still feels lonely, knowing I'm just by myself.
0: Interesting, interesting. And you now, a a big part of your work life, like you mentioned, uh, has been the fun you're able to have. I know Bagel Friday, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's a that was a big, or was it Bagel Monday? Did I get it wrong? Bagel Friday is correct.
1: Yes. Our fun activities kind of define us as a site. And um, at first, you know, everything stopped. We had no events whatsoever just because we were trying to figure out how to survive in the COVID world. Um, But eventually we kind of just adapted and changed the way that we did these events. So Bagel Friday came back just a little different. Bagel Friday used to be everyone hanging out in the lunchroom meeting together and talking. Now it's, there's bagels on individual plates with individual cream cheeses. You come in and grab it and go back to your desk. So the so, food's so still there, difference. but
0: that's not the same. <laughs> it wasn't about the food. Well, it was kind of about the food. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: So some of the other um, some of the other events we adapted to be more interactive. So, um, for example, our holiday party, which used to be at a, bi- a big event at-, at SeaWorld or a big location, we had it over Zoom this year. But... Um, Everybody had, there was a virtual background contest, who had the coolest Christmas background, who had the funniest um, ugly sweater on on the Zoom call, Uh, there was trivia online, there were um, prizes for people, and it felt... It was so new and exciting that it felt just as cool as the original, just in a different way.
0: Oh, good. So they were able to be creative in that. I, one one thing is, I, I'm curious with how that will hold up over time. Like right now, we're just so thirsty for any interaction that we're like, hey, that was awesome because it wasn't nothing, right? It, our, our, our barrier to entry is, you know, our, our threshold of what's fun might be lower than it used to be. But um those things can still be really fun. I mean, you know, and I've mentioned on the show a bunch of times, we have this thing we call Wine Wednesday, where every, every Wednesday night, a bunch of my friends and I get together. Uh, my husband, Steve, and your dad, uh, we get together and we just talk and we have an agenda of the fun stuff that's going on during the week. And I so look forward to that. It's, and, and in a way, we actually talk to those people more often than we did before, because they were friends, but we'd see them every month or two, you know, not, you know some of them more often, but it's still real. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. So, um, you said that working just a couple of days a week from home helps you get stuff done. Do you, do you find that you can, uh, you, you talked about people not interrupting you, but does that, what is the effect on the other people who need to interrupt you? They need to talk to you. How do they get that interaction with you?
1: So we've definitely become very reliable on Microsoft Teams. So. even with people that are in the office, if we're both in the office at the same time, we default to pinging each other via chat on Teams. So they can always access me. Um, but I do find that if I'm in the office, people will just randomly stop by who maybe maybe could have figured out the situation on their own without involving <laughs> me, um, which is totally fine. But there's if you're in the office at the same time it really feels like oh i should just go talk to the person instead which which i appreciate i love talking to people so um but it does kind of decrease my productivity a little
0: yeah i could see that you could have employees in two categories one group might be growing as their skills and their and their ability to perform because they can't just lean on you the other half might be getting discouraged or I don't know if it's Mm -hmm. half, third, quarter, whatever. There might be a group who are just discouraged, like, I don't know the answers, and I don't know how to find the answers because she's not here. And how do you – I mean, do you have to work at making sure you're in contact with people, whether or not they're pinging you?
1: Yeah, I have definitely found some of my team members that aren't as um, outgoing. I'll make a point to go reach out to them just to check in um, and make sure that there's nothing – nothing that they're stressed about, but, but I do have a great team of people that know they can reach me if they need me.
0: One of the most interesting things you talked about was, um, you, you talked about how you have long-term relationships that you've built with some of the people in the company who've been there as long as you have, or many, many years. And it's interesting when you run into them, uh, and, and having that interaction, but what about the brand new people? Can you, can you talk about that experience you described to me?
1: Yeah, so uh, another unique experience of mine is that when I left, we were in the middle of hiring a bunch of people for my group. So when I came back, I had almost a brand new team of people, uh, and they've only worked at our location since the beginning of COVID. So um, they don't know any anything else about our site besides the COVID world, um, so what well, it was challenging bringing them online because you know trying to train someone while being socially distanced is nearly impossible. Um, but we, you know, over time, it's been almost a year now that these people have been here, and I found one of my employees had something really interesting. He said, "Oh, I met I met so and so for the first time today, and that person he was talking about." is a key member that we work with constantly. And the idea that he had never met
0: her face to face after almost a year was just oh. shocking to me. Um, like so, he, he talked to her on teams and things like that, but never in physical space seen the person.
1: Right. Right. And it's definitely a different experience when you've been interacting with someone for a year that you've never seen before. Um like you said, I've worked at the site for, for 13 years, and so I have these people that I've just known, I've developed relationships with, and they, I just, I can't imagine what that would be like, trying to meet somebody for the first time after interacting with them for a year, and, and how challenging that must be for them on, on both sides.
0: You know, I was just realizing uh, an interesting parallel to that is uh, most people listening know that I do a lot of work with Bart Bouchatz, who lives in Ireland, and we have been friends, coworkers on the podcasts for, gosh, like ten, twelve years, something like that, and yet I've only met him in real life one time, and yeah. and for the vast majority of this time, we have only met through audio. We started doing video too, just because it's, I find it's a little easier to understand when the other person wants to talk and you can break in more easily if you can see each other. So we didn't even see each other for like five years, even in, in yeah. video, but we talk all the time and we're really close friends and we're, we work together great. So I know what the world is like never having met somebody that you work with all the time. That, that doesn't seem as weird to me when I think about the podcast world. It seems very weird to me when I think about the working world though.
1: Yeah. And I think you mentioned to me that over time, as people leave the company and newer people come in, if we're going to be in this virtual world permanently, my relationships will change with all of those new people and old people because we won't have had that physical interaction for so long. I mean, here's so hoping it, it doesn't <laughs> stay exactly like this, but there are definitely things that have changed permanently, I think.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be cool if you could continue to work two days a week from home and three days a week in the office. I mean, you see great benefit from it, from uh, work-life balance. You have more time with your family because you're not spending time on the road. Um, You get more done on these big picture stuff and yet you still have the human interaction. So you don't really want it to go back to five days a week. I got to go to the office.
1: Yeah. And and I think the challenging part, too, is I, I have the ideal scenario. The people who work 100% from home at my work feel super lonely. And the people who work 100% in the office because they are in the laboratory or they're in manufacturing making drugs, they're like, man, I want to work from home one or
0: two days. That sounds great. And yeah. um so... It, yeah, that resentment it, might be interesting from both ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... <laughs> Years ago, you know, my, my experiences now, uh, last time I worked for a living was eight years ago, so my, all my experiences are invalid, but they are still my experiences, so I'm going to tell them anyway. Um, Did you
1: even have internet back then? I, <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: I started using a slide rule in 1972, and it was good enough for me. Um, <laughs> the, the thing I thought about was I had uh, employees that I would trust to work from home, no doubt. You know who the people are. You know all the names because I've told you about them that it's like, you want to work from home today? No sweat. Yeah, that's cool. Other employees, (laughs) no, you barely work when you're here. You know, I can't get you to do anything right. Um, Should probably get rid of those people. But and and I I mean, I even had an employee where um, she wanted to work from home. Uh, She wasn't at a level that she got a work cell phone and she refused to give out her phone number and her job was interacting with customers who would call her on the phone. And so and it was like, no, you can't work from home. You have to give out your phone number if you want to work from home. Well, I don't want to give up my privacy. Okay, fine, go to work. Yeah, but I want to work from home. And we get this this stalemate. I won, of course, because I was the boss, but it was like, why would you think that was okay? And now thinking about it, there's a there's a problem when you work from home all the time that like how do you know when your work day is done? How do you know when you, I mean, aren't you like on call all the time if you're like that?
1: Yeah. You know, to your first point about having employees be accountable there, we've definitely had scenarios where we notice people's productivity decreases a lot when they're working from home. And I think on, we have to speak a lot with those individuals on a case by case basis. Um, But I think for the most part, people have been very self-aware of if they are more or less productive mm. at home. And if they are less productive, it's been a pretty good open dialogue about, okay, you know, if this isn't going to work out, if you're less productive at home, then you're going to have to come to the office. That's that's all there is. That's the rule. <laughs> um, so
0: you're saying luckily people will go, yeah, I know. I'm not feeling like I just, you know, like I'm getting the motivation that I need to get these things done. Yeah. I noticed when we weren't ever supposed to work from home, our CIO was not my favorite person and he didn't believe anybody should ever be allowed to work from home ever, ever, ever. It's like, I work with people on the East Coast. No one would ever notice if I wasn't in my chair. You know, I just go in for the social part for that Uh, because I'd be, you know, I'd be on the phone all day with people from the East Coast. What I found when I went home was I would feel really guilty if I stopped working for a little while and goofed around where at work, yeah. I might just go in and sit down and talk to somebody for 45 minutes. And it was mostly about what we did over the weekend. That didn't bother me. at all. I didn't even think about it because I was locked there. But when I was at home, I was like, oh, I took a personal call. That was eight minutes. I better work eight minutes longer. You know, I was I was sort of on the other end of obsessing about it, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, okay, I can go down to the kitchen and get a snack. I can go to the bathroom, but I got to work all the rest of the time. And And that's, I mean, you're a
1: responsible person. So I think, I think that's where when people have a hard and fast rule about not working from home, I think those are the people who know that they wouldn't be productive if they were at home and they they assume that everybody else would be the same.
0: Okay. yeah. Well, yeah, that's interesting. So if you have if there's a boss who believes that if they were home working, they wouldn't work very productively, then they would assume that everybody working for them would not work productively at home. And the the contrary could also be true is you could be fooled into thinking, wow, you know, I mean, I'm totally productive at home. I'm assuming you would assume that everybody else would be. So you sort of got to look at everybody as an individual and think about whether or not they, um, uh, they can do it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think luckily for my group, we have very, I, um, definable deliverables. And so it's. It's very obvious if somebody isn't meeting that, I don't want to call it oh. a quota, but if they're not meeting those expectations um, on those given days, it's very apparent and oh. you can just use use obvious data to speak with them.
0: So a strategic worker would be harder to really tell. Yeah. Like, because yeah. strategies, you know, looking at overarching projects and stuff as opposed to this needs to be delivered by Thursday, that's a little bit harder. Right. So you have some friends and family members who have a little different physical situation with them working from home. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah, so my brothers and sisters-in-law have um, worked from home the entirety of the pandemic, 100% from home, and it's had some interesting challenges. Um, I I have the luxury that that my husband gets to work from home when he wants to, so we try and avoid each other at all costs so that we're not running into each
0: other. Um, that sounds terrible. And, you, know, you mean it, it work. Sure does.
1: <laughs> well, yes. Well, avoid working next to each other. Um, it, it's also complicated with daycare drop off and pick up, pick up, And that's a whole nother ball game. Um, but my brothers and sisters-in-law work 100% from home and they like have both just of them. physical, yeah. Physical running into each other for the, beginning they were both working at the kitchen table and they both had two monitors and (laughs) just (laughs) running into each other and bandwidth and um trying to be on calls at the same time was just a nightmare um they eventually made workstations for each other in in totally separate rooms but you know turning a bedroom into an office wasn't something they ever anticipated having to do. And, you know, one of them is cold all the all the time while the other one's hot all the time. And it's it's
0: well that's just like real offices though. Let me guess. The woman is cold (laughs) and the man is hot. Am I right? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. There's whole studies on that topic, but we can talk about that another time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. They definitely too are getting that feeling that work never turns off and they they've been in the same spot for a year and they're delighted to just go out for a hike, um, on the weekends and see other people. Um, but it's,
0: it's it's closing in on them.
1: It's closing in. And I can, I imagine that it must feel very repetitive being in the exact Mm. same spot all day, every day. Um, and never getting to see those coworkers that you
0: you used to get get up. And I mean, if you're in a smaller house, and I mean, you've got no place to walk to, to, you know, shake it off of sitting all day at the same desk doing the same things in the Yeah, it's, it's too, um, it's too unvaried to be pleasant over a year.
1: Yeah, every we we see them almost every weekend, they're in our, our bubble. And I always ask them, how was work this week? And they go, exactly the same. Oh, (laughs)
0: jeez. Oh, that's so depressing. Uh, Now, do you know what their company's policy is going to be going forward when people can go back to work? Yeah, both of their companies
1: are considering staying 100% remote. Mm. So um, I imagine that over the next few months, we'll see some changes just in terms of structure of, you know, I think they, they get a stipend for internet, which is nice. Um, you know, so at least financially, they are structured to support that. But I'm hoping in terms of events and engagement that they'll be able to come up with some creative solutions.
0: Yeah. I mean, when I think about, especially somebody, I know your sister-in-law just started that job right before everything hit, maybe six months mm-hmm. or a year before. So she had barely started to form human relationships. And then now she is, everybody lives inside this box on her desk. You know, that's just got to <laughs> yeah. be, got to be so hard. Um one thing I know companies did long before all of this is people would rent office space. They, had, they have places where you go and there's like, you know, there's an Ethernet line and a monitor sitting there and you plug your laptop in and you get to work and it gives you a place to go to just be yeah. someplace else. And I know right now that's the last thing in the world you want to do, but maybe that's a way that they can break out and you know get away from each other. I mean, I love my fa- your father, my husband dearly, <laughs> but we had to have separate rooms because we were driving each other bananas after we uh, first retired. So now we sit in separate rooms and we text each other. So it works out great. Um, <laughs> but if I was in the same room with him all day, yeah, I, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd be in prison by now for murder. I mean, there'd be, there'd be yep. no doubt about it. So that's gotta, that's gotta be an extra challenge. What, what about lack of time in the car? Does that, people, do your friends and you talk about this? Yeah. Um,
1: it's definitely, I've found over the last couple of weeks specifically that I'm enjoying my time in the car more than I used to. it's, hmm. I used to dread the commute. I have about a half hour. It's not bad, but I, I used <laughs> to dread baby. that hour. <laughs> yeah, that hour of my life that I was missing. I, I could be working out then or playing with my kids instead of being in the car. But now, because it's not as frequent, I'm kind of enjoying it. I'm like, oh, there's silence and I can look at the outdoors while I'm driving on the <laughs> freeway. Um, but. Well, plus traffic isn't some, as bad. Yeah. It's not mind numbing been,
0: traffic. It's It's the car's actually moving.
1: Yeah. So that's been, that's been pretty nice. Not, um, not being in the car as much. I've been enjoying it more and the commute has been great. I, am very curious to see how the commute changes when things start to open up and people, people real, do start to go back to the office. Um, if traffic will get back to the way it used to, or if it'll never be like that again
0: i don't remember if it was you or somebody else i was talking to said that one of the things they realized was that the drive home was how they they decompressed was it was that you talking about it
1: yeah that was me so i used to live about 5 minutes from work and so i didn't have that time to decompress and i found that when i got home my mind was still spinning about work items i could not shake that feeling and now since having being in the car for 30 minutes i I can truly let go of everything, and so that's where on the days that I'm working from home, I definitely feel like I it's harder to shake the work thoughts at the quote unquote end of the day, if that ever exists.
0: Oh, that's that's so interesting. It it does kind of make sense. It's like after exercise, you need to do. Uh, we're both doing Fitness Plus. I love the mindful cool down where you just shake it all off and you get it out, and you you know you're ch- you're changing your frame of reference and uh, and that way, by the time you get home, then you're ready to play. But you come home thinking about a report that's due or a presentation, or you've got these you know, got a problem employee or whatever, and Forbes is wanting to you know play with space stuff. It's really hard to shift gears into that, I would think,
1: yeah. I think that's where exercise can definitely come in too, that if I were working from home hundred percent of the time, I would probably shift my exercise to be at five p m so I can mentally I like, oh, use it for that.
0: House, oh, use it for that instead. Oh, that's an interesting idea. That's mm-hmm. um I, that that's yeah, that's interesting. I never thought of using it for decompressing because I used to do it in the middle of the day when I was working and I, I, I it was when I worked out and I loved it because all my coworkers would like go have a burrito or something at lunch, and they'd come back and they're all sleepy in the afternoon. I went and worked out and ate, you know, an apple and a tiny little sandwich, and I'd come back and I'd be on fire, you know, and I'd be like bouncing off the walls. And ideas. They all hated you. I'm well, sure. I <laughs> ate them alive. Yeah, I mean, I I dominated the afternoons because I was ready to go, and they were all sleepy and everything. So it was sort of like my superpower was I came back energized, and they came back down, and so I could I could basically make anybody do anything I wanted in the afternoon (laughs) because it is all about manipulating other people you know that's what it's really about
1: totally (laughs) um that reminds me of something that you you recommended to me a long time ago about going for walkies um for meetings instead of sitting in a conference room and i i tried it for a while i'd love to get back to it but that is something that we could do in a covid world because you know being outside is a lot better for transmission and everything um But anyways, the the walkies idea of instead of sitting in a conference room with the person you're talking to, walking around outside the building, doing a lap around the block with them, um, because sometimes you feel getting up and, and being active while you're talking can sometimes get the ideas flowing and have that back and forth with a person that you might not if you're sitting still.
0: Yeah. By the way, the term walkies comes from a 1980 television series. Uh, a woman named Barbara Woodhouse did uh, did dog training. And when she took the dogs out, she would say, walkies, And so that's why I started calling it walkies. And now uh, all of my coworkers that I used to work with still call it walkies. You call it walkies. But yeah, I found that to be one of the, the best ways to... Um, People would come in my office and they'd sit down and talk for 20 minutes. Well, in 20 minutes, we could walk the mile around our building. Now, we're lucky enough to live in Southern California where it'd be, you know, it's 72 degrees all day long every day. So we could always go outside. And they would always fight me out of going, oh, I'm too tired, whatever. But if I could get them out, it was so much better. It it only works with two people, maybe three. You can't go above three, but really two because oh. you can't really be side by side. But I found that we had better conversations. Uh, it helped them clear their heads and get the get the energy moving to, to have those conversations. Um, you know, you can even do that like from working from home, right? You could call and say, hey, let's both go for a walk wherever you are. Let's go for a walk together, but we'll be on headphones and we'll talk. And that way it'll be, Mm. you know, you could still do it. It's not quite as good as being one-on-one, you know, in in human life, but that might still work. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was using them specifically for one-on-ones with my direct reports. Mm. And it was, it was great when we're talking about um, non-material items, but if it was something like, what's the status of this, we always have to pull up a a spreadsheet to figure out. And so that was the one challenging piece, but but, if it's kind of more of a development discussion, I would say it's definitely, oh, yeah, so working on usable.
0: like ideas about goals or you know w- what <laughs> they want to be when they grow up, kind of stuff, yeah, 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 that's interesting, um another thing, and in fact, you might suggest this to your sister in law is one of the ways so back to the problem of being cold um I am going to go into this a little bit. There, was a, there were studies done in the 1970s on what the optimal temperature for office buildings was. And they determined that number and they set that. And that's what like all companies set all thermostats of all big bu- buildings. They put it at that temperature. Well, when they did that, that's when men were, <clears throat> excuse me, men wore three-piece suits to work. So here's the women now freezing to death wearing women clothes that are not 3P suits. And so basically women are always cold at work and men are always comfortable or at, or at worst a little warm. And um, so I think about that a lot. But I remember going into a woman's office and she was freezing. I mean, she was you could just tell she was chilled to the bone. And I said, let's go for a walk. And have a conversation, and she said, "Oh no, I can't. I got all this work to do." I said, "No, we're going for a walk." No, 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 we're going for a walk, and I take her for a walk, and she come back. And she goes, "Hey, I'm warm again, because working out, you know, moving your body gets you warm. If you sit still too long, you're going to freeze. So maybe she could have telecons where she walks." Yeah, and plus that yeah. gets you a whole different perspective, you know. And she she would lives where she could walk outside, so that would work. Oh yeah, everybody who's Definitely. in the Northeast in the snow or Texas, whatever. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know what you do. <laughs> Go I don't shovel know. I, while I you saw
1: uh, Al <laughs> Al Roker this morning was up and up and walking and telling everybody to get outside because it was a very, very warm 27 degrees or something. <laughs>
0: our perspective yeah if it's 63 or lower at, at where i live i i like put on a sweatshirt and long pants so you know <laughs> actually it depends on the time of day which i don't understand i go for a walk in the morning at 50 and i'm fine in t-shirt and shorts but afternoon 63 is the limit i can't go below that i've got to understand oh. there's got to be some dampness thing uh, there was one more thing i wanted to cover before we go um, I was watching. Uh, we watched the movie Monsters University recently, and just discovered that there that all along we've had this DVD that had the background story of you know the special what special features, and they showed how story writing happens inside Pixar, and it was a group of people who were all in a room together, vamping with each other on gags, and that's what they called them, and and you know one of them would say. Uh, what if like the the main monster had like twenty seven eyes and the other the other person goes oh oh so another monster with twenty seven suction cup fingertips could come up behind her and put his fingers over her eyes and that would be really funny and then somebody else would say oh yeah but what if another monster sprouted out of the top of her head you know and and the that vamping I cannot picture how you do that kind of work when you're not in the room together I can't picture a Zoom meeting where that happens I just maybe it can.
1: I 100% agree. I think that has been the single most challenging thing about the virtual world is bouncing ideas off of each other. When when I run a meeting, it's it feels very much like I am talking at people, and mm-hmm. then it's silence on the other end because everyone has their mics muted, their cameras are turned off. We we are a little bit unique. I think a lot of other companies. Um, most people turn their cameras on because we, so we don't really have the business on top, party on the bottom <laughs> attire because everybody has their has their um, cameras turned off, and so it's it's really challenging to kind of pull pull people into the fold and get the conversations going. That like need you can't to even tell uh, if
0: anybody's paying attention because their mics are muted, yeah. the cameras off. They've actually gone out yep. for a walkies. <laughs> They're not even there. Right? <laughs> left the, left the line open.
1: Yeah, I would say either our mindset has to shift where everyone has to keep their mics on the entire time and cameras on all the time if we're going to have one of those meetings um, or we need to figure out a way to make it happen in person.
0: Yeah, I don't know. And and those things are important. Another thing I was thinking about was um, I had a boss. Uh, his name was Bick Wynn, and he had a lot of really crazy ideas. But one of the things he said to me was always sit, Make sure your office is as close as possible to the boss. And I was like, Well, what's that for? I said, Who would want to sit near the boss? He says, That's who the boss will turn to first. Just because of the natural geometry of you step out of your office and you want to talk to somebody, the first office on your right is where you turn in to go talk to somebody. And I realized later on in my career that I had some employees who sat directly next to me and they were a couple of levels below me, but uh, you know they worked for somebody else who worked for me but i would go in and tell them what was going on they had they had their fingertips on the pulse of what was happening in the organization because i was right there and i would i'd get bored tired of sitting in my office i'd come out and i'd talk to them and so i wonder the disadvantage if you have a mixed workforce like if you have everybody at home or everybody at work then everybody's at the same even playing field of being promoted and known by the boss How do you, how do you work that out? If some people are like, let's say you work from home all the time and Sally is always in the office and your boss is always in the office. How do they, how do you, what do you do about that? So I do think that has permanently shifted because even
1: if we're in the office, we're really discouraged from going and talking to people in in person. (laughs) So I think that it has the whole mindset has just shifted to you go via text you go via teams when you need to talk to somebody but there will come a time Um, where
0: you can go talk to people so fast forward to where you can talk to people but part of the teams works from home all the time and part works all the time in the office or part-time in the office that's something to keep an eye on
1: definitely I I can't I'm not sure what that will look like (laughs) I it'll be interesting I think we've gotten so reliant, reliant on teams that it's, I, I can't see going back. I don't By teams, know, you it's, mean it's Microsoft
0: weird. teams, right? Sorry,
1: Microsoft teams. Okay. I, I keep, <laughs> I keep referring to it, but it's, it's become such second nature. And it's, it's nice because you can get such rapid responses from people. Most people have it on their, on their phone too. So even if they're not sitting at their desk, they're responding to you. Mm. Um, but then that gets back to that feeling of You're always, always on being on.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I always think of uh your dad one time. <clears throat> it was like one o'clock in the morning. It was like Friday night it wasn't a work day at all. It was like one o'clock in the morning we were still up, and he got a text from his boss uh Tom Kennedy and he was and he ran over and he grabbed his phone and he responded and he went, I win' And I thought, no, you just lost, and you don't even know it. He just won. He now knows he can get to you any time of the day or night. Now, career-wise, he did win, but work-life balance not not quite as much. Um, so I, I understand that instant gratification has has a penalty. I give you credit, by the way, for me understanding the value of text messaging in a in a business environment. Because the story I love to tell is, is uh, one day I came home from, well, I was on a team at work where this guy wanted me to, people always want me to be an advocate because if I am the advocate, I can change minds because I get so passionate on something. But you can't make me be passionate on it. And if I'm not <laughs> passionate, I'm not going to be your advocate. So this guy wanted me to be passionate and the advocate across the engineering organization to convince people to use an online text messaging system inside the company. And I said, no, it's stupid. That's the dumbest thing I ever saw. I don't want to do it. I don't believe in this. I'm not going to be part of this team. I don't want anything to do with it because it's stupid. I would hate that. I came home that day and uh, you said, uh, hey, mom, we're going to Disneyland on on Saturday. I said, well, who's we? And you listed off seven other kids who were going to Disneyland. And I said, well, how are you getting there? And you said, well, so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so's mom and dad's, are they're going to drive us. Yeah, well, how are you getting tickets? And you said, oh, well, so-and-so's mom works at Ralph's, and she can get the tickets for a special price. I said, when did you organize this? And you said, this afternoon. And you pointed to your computer screen, and you had text message windows all over. And you had arranged this all in like 20 minutes amongst eight <laughs> people and I was like, I'd still be licking stamps to put on an envelope at this point, trying to invite people. And I, I just kind of sat back and said, "Huh, maybe there's something to this texting thing," you know.
1: Definitely, yeah. I, it's crazy to think just maybe five years ago we didn't have any sort of text service within our organization. And I kept pinging the IT guy saying, "We gotta get Skype for you know Skype texting or something because oh. my email inbox is." getting ridiculous with things that are one word answers or things that could be solved so quickly. And um, now I think one of the hard parts is we're dealing with a text service so exclusively that um, a lot of good ideas are coming through there. And so it's nice to kind of have that record. But now our our company has put in a retention policy that after seven Mm. days, everything gets deleted. And so now we're kind of having to... to make sure we have the appropriate um, correspondence in the appropriate location if you want to keep record of it.
0: Oh, yeah, that does get tricky. Uh, I remember we had a 30-day retention policy on mail. And I was a big fan because I got so much email I couldn't get through it all ever. I saw the bottom of my I saw the bottom of my inbox once, and I went ah because I thought something had happened to my mail because I saw empty space at the bottom, and it was the first time I'd seen it in like eight years. Uh, so oh, uh, I loved the thirty day retention. I said like, whoop, my, not my problem. It's gone. I can't do anything about it because I was never going to get to it anyway. Um, that's interesting that you guys didn't have any text messaging service until f- five years ago because we had that years before I retired. And I retired eight years ago, so we were better than you. See, we were high tech. You know. <laughs> totally well my final question how do you make friends if you don't ever go into the office where do they come from do you have to go to bars to meet people do you have to have kids and go to their soccer games and meet the parents that way what do you how do you how do you make friends where do they come from all my friends came from work so that's why I ask yeah
1: I am not the best person to ask about that I think because I have not made friends in the past year um yeah uh, but I feel like a lot of people may be in the same boat um I do not know I think you do have to rely on some other source if it's going to be a hundred percent remote because I found it's it's really challenging to make friends you know I'll have to ask my my friends who work 100 percent from home and see if they've developed any new relationships.
0: Yeah, it might not be fair to ask the question in the last year because you can't go anywhere and do anything, but it'll be interesting to see how going forward, if you work from home 100%. I mean, I know you've made friends through... uh, (laughs) One of the first questions they asked you when you got your job at this company was, do you play softball? And they were all excited because you did and you're really good. And so That was an
1: interview question. They told me (laughs) all the other questions didn't matter. Do I play softball?
0: (laughs) But that's how you knew this was the right place. Right. Yep. <laughs> One of the exactly. things you like, I, I, I think if you hadn't been brilliant, you probably wouldn't have gotten the job, but that probably put you above the other candidates. But, uh, but, you know, you made so many friends through playing softball and going out for beers afterwards. And, and that, that community that get, gets built around that was how you made a lot of your friends and, and friends at work. So yeah, it's, that's, that's true, I, you
1: know, these companies who are going 100% remote from a logistical standpoint and not, you know, once COVID's over, um, they're gonna stay that way. I would hope that those companies create an atmosphere of um, inter- interaction. So creating sports teams, um, having some sort of event where people can actually get together and see each other.
0: Yeah, you know, I had a um, uh, set of employees who worked up in Santa Barbara, so that's about a two hour drive away. And um, I realized one of the things I really needed to do to make that work when um, I was at a, a women's conference in Long Beach and a woman from Santa Barbara came down for it. And I was sitting next to her and chatting with her and I was asking her, so how do you like the company so far? you know I was asking all these you know new person questions and she finally she said, Allison, you know, I've been at the company for a year, right? And I said, no, you haven't because I never met you in person before. And she says, yeah, you haven't been there in a year. I was like, oh my gosh, are you serious? I was like, that can't be right. And I pulled out my BlackBerry, you know, and I looked it up and I was like, oh my gosh, it's been 13 months since I've been to Santa Barbara. And you think you do, you know, you think you make those connections, but I had to schedule it. I had to make it part of my work was I I told my, my assistant at the time, I said, look, put it on my calendar once a quarter, no matter what, if I go more often than that, that's good. But once a quarter, I drive to Santa Barbara, no agenda, no reason for going, I just go and the people up there were so happy and so grateful to have somebody come up there because they never got visited by anybody else. And, and we'd go up there and I'd have them just do presentations. Whatever you guys want to tell me about. Tell me what's going on. Maybe I just sit near you guys and I just work and you come in and bother me. That'd be great. But then we also went out to dinner. And I think that that was really important because all the, you know, hair got let down, chit-chat, talk about your families. And we got to know each other then. And that was that was a huge part of it. So working separately, I think you still, you've got to schedule at least once a quarter, everybody gets together that can and hang out, you know, find find yep. some excuse to do it. I
1: think that's the single most, the single thing I'm looking forward to most when this is over is taking my team out for lunch, because that's (laughs) something I would have done the day I came back from maternity leave and we've never gotten to share a meal together and, um, I want to buy them a beer
0: and it's, (laughs) I just can't wait. Yeah. Well, I think that's a a good place for us to cut this off. Um, if people wanted to say follow me on Twitter, we bet that'd be a good way to, to keep track of you. You don't tweet too much, but might be a good contact or. Um, Talk yeah, to you in the live sure. chat room. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I will be at the live chat room. That 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 might be best. Or Slack, maybe.
0: Oh yeah. You're in you're in our Slack at podfeet.com slash Slack on Twitter, uh, Idaho Monkeys. Is that right? With two E's? Yes. <laughs> and someday you're gonna <laughs> tell me what that means. That day is not yet. <laughs> All right, Lindsay. Thanks for coming on and sharing your perspective as a as a youth that uh, uh, has a completely different perspective from my experiences. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks so much for having me. It was fun.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. Did you notice there weren't any ads in the show? That's because this show is not ad supported. It's supported by you. If you learned something, or maybe you were just entertained, consider contributing to the Podfeet podcast. You can do that by going over to podfeet.com and look for the big red button that says support the show. When you click that button, you're going to find different ways to contribute. If you like to do a one-time donation, you can click the PayPal button. If you want to make a recurring contribution, click the weekly Patreon button. Or another way to contribute is to record a listener contribution. It's a great way to help the Nocella Castaways learn from you. If you want to contact me for any reason, you can email me at allison at podfeet.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Podfeet. Maybe you want to talk to other no Silica castaways. There's two great places to do that. You can do that in our Slack group at podfeet.com slash Slack, or you can join our Facebook group at podfeet.com slash Facebook. Thanks for listening, and stay subscribed.